Wisconsin gets a little revenge on a Maryland team that beat them in College Park. This was the Badgers' night. Wisconsin closes the game on a 15-6 run. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Yesterday was all about the Super Bowl, right? We were reacting to arguably the biggest sports day in the whole world, at least in our country for sure. And I have no regrets about that, right? I I wouldn't change a thing in the world. Yesterday, right before we went on, I said, well, I want to talk a lot about the Super Bowl. I want to talk about Anthony Davis a little bit as well. But the Bucs got a huge win over the weekend. They spanked the Wizards. And I was like, ah, do we want to talk about that? And I said, no, 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 no. No worries. They're playing the Nets tonight, which was last night. And they're going to beat them. We can talk about it tomorrow. And that's exactly what happened. I love being able to say, all right, we'll talk about tonight's Bucks win tomorrow and being able to plan a show. Don't the Bucks make things easy? They continue to roll. They won last night. And it was all football yesterday. And today, to start the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY, I want to talk some hoop. Because we all know the Bucks are great. That is nothing new. We've been talking about that all season long. The entire NBA season feels like we've been saying Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. And they've been at the top of their conference, the top of the league. They're kicking butt. I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're 39-13, and 13, which is just absurd. And the whole state of Wisconsin's got some pretty good hoop going on right now. I say hoop, I like that expression. Talk some hoop. The Badgers jumped up to 19 in the AP poll. Marquette sits at 10. Uh, yeah, I guess UWL did lose on Saturday. It was a bit of a disappointing game hosting Platteville on Saturday evening. But, you know, you can't, you can't win them all. You win some, lose some. In this case, in the case of this weekend and the last couple of days, Wisconsin, basketball-wise, has won a lot more than they have lost. It's kind of what I want to get into today. Talked a lot of football yesterday. Let's transition and cover something else. We're about 48 hours, well, actually less than 48 hours now, away from the NBA trade deadline. That's Thursday at 2 o'clock Central Time, so that will continue to swirl, and there'll be plenty to talk about, including a bucks related NBA trade deadline topic. We'll get to that in about 10 minutes. We're going to talk to Ebo, uh, co-host of the Joe and Ebo show, the morning show on our sister station, The Zone in Madison, about a little bit of everything. I specifically want to talk about this Bucks tra- upcoming trade deadline in this season so far. He's been all over the Bucks. So we're going to talk about that and whatever else comes up. A very entertaining dude on the way at 5.30. And then we got a Packers topic to cover. It's not, well, who are the Packers going to draft? Or, you know, what are the three biggest position needs this offseason for the Packers? No, we're not wasting our time on that. Jermichael Finley, a former Packer, was actually talking at uh, Super Bowl Media Week uh, last week, and he had some pretty pointed comments about the Packers and about Aaron Rodgers. So I want to address that because it's interesting, because there's something there. I don't just want to talk Packers to talk Packers. We have better things to cover, and let's get into that right now. The Bucks won last night 113-94, to and it's just... It's just another example of what wasn't a given. As good as the Bucks, in my opinion, have been the last two or three years, they've been better than average, and they've been better than most Bucks teams that we've seen in the last 20 years, since 2001 at least, for sure. But it wasn't always a given that they would beat up on the lesser teams and take advantage of those easier matchups. It's no secret that the, that the East, let's say in the last five or six years, certainly at least, has been weaker than the West. Now, I think it's it's as close to balanced now as it has been in the in the past, in about the past five years, half a decade at least. But still, there are a lot more, I think, pushover games in the East. Now, Brooklyn is not the bad team that they've been in the past. They were hot. They've been playing some good basketball. 
Uh, they're 28 and 27 after last night's game, which is a major improvement over what they've been in the last couple of years. And, and the conversation sometimes, especially people who aren't in Milwaukee, because the national media coverage of the Bucks is leaning towards non-existent. When when it does exist, it's not very accurate, just because nobody watches, and that's understandable. I mean, Milwaukee isn't a huge city. So a lot of people are thinking, well, the Bucks are taking advantage of a weak Eastern Conference. You know, they're beating up on these teams like the Wizards and like the Nets. And that is true, but when you look deeper, when you look with a little bit more detail and with a little uh, more keen of an eye, you start to notice a couple of things. After last night, the point differential for this Bucks team is absolutely absurd. All right, it has the league's best point differential, the Bucks. that is, against both the Western and the Eastern Conference Finals. It's a little bit be- better against the East. They're actually averaging a ten and a half, plus 10.5 against every Eastern Conference team. So averaged out all the games they played against Eastern Conference competition, they have averaged winning those games by 10.5 points, which is absurd, which is ridiculous. They're blowing teams out. They did it to Washington. They did it to Brooklyn. And because of that, the minutes load for some of these players hasn't been huge. Giannis played 32 minutes last night. That's not too bad. You, you know, in a tough road game against Brooklyn, who's been hot. And I know Brooklyn's not a world beater. Don't get me wrong. They're one game over 500 after last night, but they're playing some great ball. They got some really young, energetic superstars and some energy in that building. There's nothing stopping Brooklyn from, okay, yeah, maybe beating the Bucks would have been tough, but at least hanging in there and making things interesting in the final quarter. They couldn't even do that. The Bucks ran away with it by a margin of uh, 113 to 94. That's 19 points, if I'm doing my math correctly. I don't always, but I think I got this one. Uh, 10 and a half for a point differential against the Bucks' Eastern Conference competition so far this season. And against the West, not too bad either. They're plus 8 and a half, 8.4 to be exact. So for those of you, and I know this is, I've talked about this all Bucks season long. Their record's great, yeah. They're 39 and 13. A lot of teams can win in the regular season. What other indicators are we seeing from this Bucks team? Right? What habits, what tendencies, what other things are we seeing that that are going, wait a minute. Now this team isn't just a regular season flash in the pan, but they could they could be something in a couple of months. They could string together some wins in the playoffs and, and make a run at this thing. We see teams all the time that are great in the regular season. What about the playoffs? And and we're starting to see this collection of of statistics. And tendencies and little tidbits about this team where you're like, all right, wait a minute, maybe maybe they are the real deal. Point differential is one. When you're beating your conference by an average of 10.5 points, not not in your wins, but in every single game, you're averaging a margin of plus 10.5. That's absurd. And plus 8.5 against the West isn't that bad either. They played real bad. They don't lose two games in a row. They have yet to do that. And when a team beats them, they don't lose that second go-round. And they average winning that rematch game by a, just under 20 points. It's pretty absurd. I know I love talking about the 39-13 and 13 record. That's awesome. But there's more at play here. There's more details at play. Oh, and by the way, last night, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's going to be selecting as an all-star captain here coming up in the near future, last night, 30 points, 15 rebounds, 9 assists. 1 assist shy of a triple-double. I'm loving it. There's a lot to be excited about with this Bucks team right now. 608-796-2558. Do you want to chime in on the five-star telecom talk and text line? Uh, not only did the Bucks have a great weekend, but the Badgers did as well. They took down Maryland, and I gotta be honest, it was it was a fun game. It seemed like a high energy game. The Badgers are now 16 and 6. They jumped five spots in the AP poll up to 19. They took Maryland down by a score of thought I could remember it off the top of my head. Couldn't? Let's check here. 69-61. That's right. An eight-point win at home, including a couple garbage time buckets at the end to make it look just a little bit closer. That caps off a one, two, three, four, five game winning streak, including wins. It started back against Michigan. And since they have beaten Illinois, which they should, 
beat Northwestern, which they should, beaten Nebraska in Nebraska, which they should, and they got a really impressive win, albeit at home, against Maryland. Andrew in lacrosse chimes in and says, Grant, I went to the Badger game Friday night, and it was loud. First game of the year with an atmosphere that felt like the Kohl's Center during the Bo Ryan days. Help that students didn't have classes the next day. Best atmosphere of the year, and even better than the Michigan upset. That's from Andrew. Thanks for chiming in, Andrew. And it, it looked... Can I say this without sounding like uh, a tool millennial? It looked lit. It looked exciting. It looked pumped up. Everybody was excited to be there. It wasn't just like, hey, let's get drunk. Maybe we'll get down to the Kohl's Center and catch some of the game. It looked like students were making a conscious effort to help the team on Friday night, to provide a home court advantage. It's pretty awesome to check out. Pretty awesome to watch. It was a lot of fun. 69-61, 69-61, the Badgers win and make a huge jump in the AP poll. And to be honest, why not? Because they're doing what you would ask a college team of the ilk of the Badgers to do. Every once in a while, you want to see those upsets. You want to see that the Badgers can compete and win games against Michigan and against Maryland, who are both top 25 teams. Michigan uh, was rated number two at the time. And then they're also taking care of business against Illinois, and Northwestern, and Nebraska. They're doing a little bit of both. Now, the Badgers do have a tough stretch coming up. They have to travel to Minnesota. That's tomorrow night. They have Michigan uh, on the 9th, which I believe should be uh, Saturday night. And then they got to go, or they host Michigan State. They do have three really tough games coming up. But so far, in this last five-game stretch, the Badgers, well, yeah, they, they won five in a row. But they did everything you could ask them to. Get, in, get an upset here and there, and take care of business against those poor teams. Badgers doing it, Bucks doing it, and to be honest, Marquette doing it as well. This team is, as much as I love the Badgers, I think there is a ceiling on this Badgers team. The Marquette Golden Eagles, they sit at 10 right now. This is a team where if they get hot and they shoot the ball well, could make a run in the tournament. This this is a team who could stretch towards the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Marcus Howard is a scoring machine. He's averaging 25, I had to look this up today, he's averaging 25 points per game. Shooting 43%. From three. That's ridiculous. And then, of course, the Hauser twins are just, they're excellent as well. They have star power. They almost feel, they feel more exciting than the Badgers. I watch the Badgers more than I watch Marquette, but I'm always entertained when I watch Marquette. And I'm excited to continue to, to kind of slowly and surely make my way more into Marquette basketball as we get closer to the tournament. We're now about 40 days away from Selection Sunday, I believe. We're getting close, folks. I know it's freezing outside. We just had a polar vortex for the ages, but we're not far off. Basketball, NBA playoffs, March Madness right around the corner. Man, am I excited. We're talking some hoop today on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Like I said, you can always join in at 608-796-2558. Twitter wide open as well, at Grant and at WKTY. Coming up at 5.30, we're going to talk to Ebo uh, from The Zone in Madison. He hosts the Joe and Ebo Show in the morning. So we're going to get his thoughts on a little bit of anything and everything. I want to talk trade deadline. NBA trade deadline now than less than 48 hours away. 2 p.m. on Thursday afternoon. That's central time. Interestingly enough, the Bucks made their way into a trade deadline story. And not like a like a Tony Snell or a Thon Maker trade. Or a Dwayne Dedman trade. But a big primetime name player has now said, Hey, maybe Milwaukee isn't so bad. I know it's exciting and it's fun to see. I'm going to kind of throw some water on the flames. I'm going to be the wet blanket. It's exciting and it's meaningful, but let's slow down a little bit. We're going to talk about that as the Wisco Sports Show rolls on coming up next year on WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having a good evening. We have some cancellations of activities tonight. 
You can stay updated uh, with the area games. Uh, Lacrosse Central and Lacrosse Logan still set to be played tonight here on WKTY. However, that'll tip off at 7.15. Drew Kelly will have the call. So no Bucks basketball tonight. They have the night off. No Badgers basketball tonight. They have the night off. And they've deserved it after a pretty good stretch of games by both teams. I do want to transition into something a little bit more specific. Not just Bucks basketball or Badgers basketball or Marquette basketball. I want to talk about a specific topic. If you want to join in the five-star telecom talking text line, is always there. 608 796 2558, the trade deadline for the NBA. It's less than 48 hours away. It's Thursday at 2 o'clock Central Time. So if you're streaming us from outside of the Central Time Zone, maybe at WKTYsports.com or on our mobile app, don't want to exclude any listeners, that's 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I'm not great at math or time zone, so there's there's <laughs> 2 p.m. here, 3 p.m. Eastern, fill in the blanks, uh, because I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that on live radio. I just don't think that's a good idea. Don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. All right. That's fine. But the trade deadline is coming up soon, and something very specific was dropped last night pertaining to the Milwaukee Bucks. Not just the abstract idea of who might the Bucks want to target at the trade deadline or what moves are there to be made for Milwaukee, but something very concrete, something very specific with one of the premier players, the premier player available at the trade deadline, and that's Anthony Davis. He has reportedly informed Pelicans management, and this is straight up the Bleacher Report article that originally broke the news uh, through Adrian Wojnarowski. He informed Pelicans management of a handful of teams that he would resign with once he becomes a free agent in 2020. In other words, Anthony Davis is saying, if you trade me here, I would be open, open to resigning, which means those teams that are listed as potential candidates for not just being a rental, but being a long-term fit, might be willing to give up a little bit more, right? Knowing that they are not only getting a rental, but somebody who's in it for the long haul. The, the Lakers and the Knicks were two of the options. Uh, the Celtics weren't on the list, but the Milwaukee Bucks were, as were the Clippers. So you have both Los Angeles teams, New York, and then the Milwaukee Bucks, which is really interesting. And naturally, all the Bucks fans are like, oh, it's just, it's great to be included. I mean, look at all the large market teams, and we found our way in there, and that's great. I'm, I'm not going to downplay that. It is exciting. I also don't want to sound like a child who uh, feels like it's Christmas morning anytime the Bucks are, are mentioned in a national publication. But I, I will say this. I don't think. How do I want to put this? I don't think not only does Anthony Davis not want to play for the Bucks. I don't think he wants to play for the Clippers. I don't think he wants to play for the Knicks. You got to keep in mind that when things like this leak. Like, uh, the, the the first line of this article is, New, the New Orleans Pelicans center Anthony Davis has reportedly informed Pelicans management of a handful of teams that he would resign with once he becomes a free agent in 2020. It would not make sense for New Orleans, the organization, to leak that story. Right? Now, maybe in one sense it would a little bit because it would put the pressure on the Lakers. More so, it would make sense for Anthony Davis and his camp to leak that story because now it ups the pressure from Los Angeles it ups the if the clippers or the knicks are in on it which i didn't think they ever really were it ups the pressure on those if milwaukee wanted to make a move now they're all of a sudden picking up the phone and it it raises the price for everybody and i guess as a byproduct new orleans is going to get a better deal out of the, this whole situation if that is the case but maverick carter uh and lebron's management who also handles anthony davis at clutch sports they share an agent which is why a lot of people have speculated for the lakers for a long time you leak these things to force the hand of the Lakers. Because the Lakers have assumed for a while that they have been bidding against themselves. And maybe that's the case. But when the Bucks see this, or when the Knicks see this, or when the Clippers see that, they're like, well, wait a damn minute. If Anthony Davis wants to resign, well, maybe we'll, we'll rethink how we want to handle this situation. 
not all of these options are the same. The Lakers, the Knicks, and the Clippers, you might think, well, they're all large market teams. Well, yeah, they are. But they're not all created equal, just like they're not created equal with the Bucks. Now, you might think, well, of course Anthony Davis would be open to re-signing with the Bucks. They are tremendous right now. They have the best record in the league, not only in their conference. They're 39-13. and 13. They have Giannis, who is one of the best young stars in this game, who is under contract for the time being. Doesn't sound like he's going anywhere, at least until the end of that contract. Got a coach, a new building. Why wouldn't he want to come to Milwaukee? And, and maybe he does. I, I, I don't know. I don't know Anthony Davis. What I will say is, something interesting about the Clippers... The Knicks and the Bucks, the three other teams mentioned outside of the Lakers, none of these teams really have a play. None. Of, the Bucks really don't have a means to acquire Anthony Davis unless they wanted to trade Giannis, which they're not going to do, or they basically trade anybody and everybody else on the roster, which they don't want to do. They don't really have the picks to get it done. They don't really have the young assets that New Orleans is going to want. New Orleans is going to go into a full rebuild. They don't want established guys like Chris Middleton or Eric Bledsoe, especially because their contract's up at the end of this year. And now, not only is New Orleans losing Anthony Davis, but the pieces that they're going to receive in compensation, maybe a Chris Middleton or an Eric Bledsoe, they could leave just months later. It, it doesn't make sense. The Bucks can't trade for Anthony Davis unless they completely blow up their entire roster. And maybe that's a possibility, but it is a long shot of a possibility. The Knicks can't trade for him. They made their move. They moved their assets, mostly expiring contracts, because that's really all the assets that they have, to trade for cap space, essentially. They moved Kristaps Porzingis, got back Dennis Smith Jr. and a bunch of expiring contracts. The Knicks have, the, the Knicks are done. They made their move. The Clippers really don't have any young pieces. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is too raw. Outside of that, who do they have? Tobias Harris is nice, but he's not a rebuilding piece. He's, he's an established player. The Clippers, the Knicks, and the Bucks don't have means of acquiring Anthony Davis. Notice Anthony Davis didn't say Boston. He didn't say Toronto. Those are two teams that could make a play. Now, Boston would have to wait, but Toronto has the young assets and the picks. Toronto's got the young capital that a, that a young rebuilding team would want. That would be the Pelicans. But Anthony Davis didn't say Toronto because he doesn't want to go to Toronto. Just like he doesn't want to go to Boston. Just like he doesn't really want to go to the Knicks or the Bucks or the Clippers. Anthony Davis only included those names to drive his price tag up, to drive the demand up without really any risk of another team coming in. Anthony Davis knows the Bucs can't trade for him. Knows the Clippers. Knows the Knicks can't trade for him. You gotta look a little bit deeper. I did, it's nice that he says that he would resign in Milwaukee. And maybe that's true. But Anthony Davis knows damn well that the Bucs can't trade for him. So it's not really a concern to him whether or not the Bucs would be willing to trade for him and then resign him in the long term. He just knows it's not a possibility. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talking text line. We're talking Anthony Davis, the Bucks, and all things NBA trade deadline. We're less than 48 hours away. Let's go to the five-star telecom talking text line. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Hi, Grant. Uh, just to kind of verify on what you're saying yeah. on how it doesn't make any sense that Anthony Davis uh, would want to come to the Bucks or the Clippers or the Knicks and how his only interest would be in the Lakers, is uh, some, I, I agree with you 100% to begin with, but uh, the kind of verify it, too, is remember, this is a leaked story. Oh, yeah. When, what, just, just two to three days ago, when Anthony Davis was asked directly to his face, and he was openly saying, I am not going anywhere except the Lakers. And that was his stand, and then all of a sudden now this, leak story comes out. So I, I think you're 100% right 
that this is nothing more than a ploy to drive his price up. Well, and I think a couple of days ago, too, he probably thought that this deal would be done by now. I'm pretty sure he was expecting the Lakers to make a play already, and now it hasn't happened. So he's like, well, you know, I'd be open to these other teams. They can't trade for him. Maybe to move the Lakers a yeah. little bit. It, you're you're absolutely correct on that. I, I think this is a complete ploy by an agent and a player who are thinking this would be a uh, something that would be done with by now. It hasn't. Uh, now we're getting a little nervous, so let's leak a story and put pressure on the teams. No, and I and I appreciate the phone call as well. You have to look a little bit deeper because it's nice that Anthony Davis says he would play for Milwaukee and resign long term, and that might be the case. That might be true. It's nice that he says he would resign with the Knicks or resign with the Clippers, and that might be true, but Anthony Davis knows damn well that none of those teams can trade for him. I'm trying to think of an analogy of of how this would shake out. I can't really. I'll keep I'll keep trying to think of it, but I can't come up with one. But it, I think it's it's quite easy to to tell that Anthony Davis wants to drive his price tag up, but he he wants more of a demand for himself. But he doesn't really want anyone else trading for him other than the Lakers. So you fabricate this interest from teams who really have no interest being in on this deal because none of them have the capital, none of them have the assets or the correct specific assets to make a deal like this happen. You see the haul that uh, the, the Pelicans want for Anthony Davis? They don't only want the Lakers' young core, all of the young core, but they want draft picks, three or four of them specifically. Four first-rounders was the number that was being thrown around, and they want the Lakers to take on salary. That's a lot. That is a lot. I don't know if I would do that if I was the Lakers. You might be willing to give up picks. You might be willing to give up players, but when New Orleans wants to take away your your ability to sign other free agents, well, that's another thing. It's it's just a lot, and this final 48 hours before the trade deadline is going to be nothing but pure drama and pure entertainment. And speaking of pure drama and entertainment, uh, we're about to talk to Ebo uh, from The Zone in Madison. He hosts co-hosts the Joe and Ebo show in the morning at our sister station, The Zone. So we're going to talk to him, get his thoughts on, well, just a little bit of anything and everything, whatever comes up, including Bucks and the trade deadline. That is coming up here in a few minutes. Don't go anymore. More of the Wisco Sports Show to come with me, your host, Grant Bills, right here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY 96.7 FM. 580 AM or streaming live on our mobile app or WKTYsports.com as well. Central Logan basketball tonight. Drew Kelly, 715. You can hear it. However you're listening right now, that'll do the trick. Tune in uh, some good Mississippi Valley Conference action tonight. We're talking basketball, not high school basketball today. Uh, there might be some more of that to come later this week. We're talking about the Bucks and the NBA trade deadline. We're talking Badgers basketball. And I thought nobody better uh, to join in on the conversation than Ebo. He co-hosts the Joe and Ebo show. Mornings over on The Zone, our sister station in Madison. Ebo now on the Five Star Telecom talking text line. Ebo, what's going on today? Man, I'm just chilling. Uh, Grant, how was your, did you play high school basketball? Were you, were you a baller in the day or what, dude? I love basketball. I played up through eighth grade. I was a cross country and track guy. I was not uh, not a hand eye coordination type of <laughs> type of athlete. How about you? Uh, no, I played up till eighth grade too, and then I just stuck to the you know the, the playground on the streets, you know, balling out with the old man <laughs> with the short shorts and the long white socks. That's what I did. But no, uh, I was a soccer guy myself, actually. That's awesome. Now we meet. Uh, now we play at the Y, and we play pickup games and, and heave half court shots. That's what I'm all about. The Bucks. Of course. The Bucks are playing some awesome basketball right now. Let, let let's just start with the Bucks before we talk trade deadline. 
How much fun has this team been? We just we're coming off another great road trip. Uh, they beat up on the Nets last night. I, I think we've almost started to take this for granted, which is wild, given the fact that the Bucks have never been this good in my lifetime. I was born in 1998, so this is all a first for me, at least what I can remember. They were great in 2001, but how much fun is this team to watch? And, and how I, I see you're loving it on Twitter. Let's just talk about this team for a couple of minutes. You know, the Bucks are just unbelievable to watch. They're so fun. And, you know, you would have been two then, I think, when the Bucks, you know, 2000, 2001, yep. the last time they were... You know, this good up to the what the Eastern Conference Finals, one game away from getting to, you know, the finals. But this year, you have the Milwaukee Bucks, the best. I'm going to say this again: the best team in the NBA. Let me say it one more time: the best team in the NBA. That's yep. Just, ah, feels good. It feels good to say that. <laughs> oh, they're so awesome! And what I love about the Bucks is you're number one in the NBA. You have a better record than the Golden State Warriors. Uh, you've never lost back-to-back games. You've never, you know. Teams they've beat or teams they've lost early in the season, they're eight and zero against their next game. Uh, so the Bucks, the fact that they're just fun to watch and this good, I I love it. I absolutely love it. It's something that I haven't gotten a lot in my lifetime. So so that's pretty tremendous. When I started watching the NBA, it was back in uh, like 2011, 2012. When the Heat were great and the the Bulls were great, the Pacers were great, and that's kind of what I cut my teeth on. I entered more as just an NBA fan than a specific uh, Bucks fan. Ebo, I got to ask you the the Bucks record is tremendous, but I, I will say this: we see teams all the time that are great in the regular season, right? They aren't just flashes in the pan. If you have to pitch me on why this Bucks team can actually win a playoff series, which hasn't been done since two thousand one, what what would you go with? What are your selling points? Um, I'll just say two words, Giannis Adendekumbo. <laughs> uh, Giannis, he could be your MVP of the league. He's fighting with James Harden. There's a reason. Uh, you have you know a supporting cast and Eric Bledsoe, uh, Chris Middleton, and you've got guys like Brooke Lopez, a.k.a. Splash Mountain, contributing with big minutes, you know, Malcolm Brogdon. You just have just this overall team. I know there's not like this big three that everyone needs to win in the NBA, and that's fine because you have Giannis and you have a surrounding cast that can just get it done and step up when, you know, when needed. And I just, I just think they're all around a great team. And uh, I, I, I hope I sold the sizzle for you there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I, I don't know if everybody is. I'm certainly sold. And I think it's a lot of the things like not losing back-to-back games and beating teams who have beaten you previously. I just see a lot of good trends and a lot of good things from this team outside of the win-loss column. Uh, naturally, the hot topic right now is Anthony Davis says he wants to, he could resign with the Bucks. He would be open to it. I don't take a lot of salt in that. I think that's posturing. I think that's leaked to drive up his price, which is fine. If you were the Bucks, how would you handle this? Would you be open to really, I mean, it would be a drastic shakeup at this point. The Bucks are, I mean, what are they, what is their record exactly? I don't want to get it wrong. 39 and 13. You were almost to 40 wins. You would be shaking up your roster in a huge way to at least have a shot to get Anthony Davis. Is that something you're open to? How would you handle this trade deadline? You know, um, I, my co-host said that if Anthony Davis came to Milwaukee, that he would eat, not drink, eat a bottle of Miller Lite on air. A bottle. <laughs> he would eat this glass. That's, uh, we don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think the fact that, you know, Anthony Davis did come out and said that one of his landing destinations he would like to be in Milwaukee. I, I, don't, I don't think this is going to happen. I, you know, they played earlier this season, and Giannis was kind of giving him the pitch of why he should come to Milwaukee. I I don't see it. I don't think the pieces are there for the Pelicans to accept the trade. And I don't. I personally don't want to see it. Yes, would it be cool to see Anthony Davis with the Bucks? Sure. But right now, you're the number one team in the NBA. If you were to give up to get Anthony Davis, you'd lose about 60% of your roster. 
That's the reason why you are number one in the NBA. So do you really want to upset the apple cart that big of a way? I wouldn't want to. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, what about you? Do you want to see Anthony Davis come? <laughs> I'd love to see him come in free agency. If he is really truth- truthful <laughs> about that and, and he would be willing to come, yeah, I just I, I don't want to give up Middleton because I think Middleton is one of those superstars, and I, I use superstar loosely, but I, I should just say star. I, I think Middleton, is he's bought into Milwaukee. I think he wants to be here, and I don't think you trade away a guy like that, like the Raptors did with DeMar DeRozan. When you're a small market team and you have guys who are open and willing to to stay and trying to build something in a small market, I, I think you got to hold on to a guy like that. I, I just don't want to cast Middleton away like a lot of Bucks fans do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Chris Middleton finally had an all-star. You know, he should have been an all-star last year. Right? Yes. And, uh, he had better numbers, but this year I, I'm glad that he's finally had an all-star. Uh, Chris Middleton, to me, you're going to have to pay him big money, you know, coming up next year if they want to, you know, cross that bridge. But right now, you have this this core of guys that is the best team in the NBA. So let's stick with it because you're the number one seed in the East and number one overall in the NBA. Why not see this thing through? Why upset everything when you are the best team? You know? No, I, I think it's good logic. It's it's tough when there's a superstar out like like Anthony Davis. They don't come around very often, but I, I think you just got to roll with it. I think the NBA is open as it has been uh, the last couple of years, and I think you, you just go for it and you worry about next year, next year. It's Ebo, uh, co-host of the Joe and Ebo Show on The Zone over in Madison, joining us on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line. Ebo, I'm not going to lie, I was getting sick of Badgers basketball about a month ago, and I'm not saying that I, like my heart is on fire for this team. I tweeted earlier today that since they lost to Duke in that national championship game, I have watched, you know, I have, I have jumped for joy, I have cried after losses, but it just hasn't felt the same for some reason since that loss. I've, I'm seeing some good things from this team now. They're, they put together a little bit of a winning streak. They're beating the bad teams. They've got a couple upsets now with Michigan and with Maryland. Do you think this team can not only just make the tournament, which I think was the goal for this year, but do you think they could win a game or two and, and maybe try to get back to the Sweet 16? I, I definitely can. You know, the last year the injuries derailed the Badgers. Uh, before that, though, you know, back-to-back Sweet 16s, especially Greg Gard coming in his first year and kind of cleaning up that mess that Bo Ryan left him and just really turning that team around. And, you know, the injuries last year were just too much to overcome. This year you got a healthy team. And Ethan, Ethan Half is the best college basketball player. Um, I kind of hate when people look at college basketball players like, well, this guy should be in the NBA, this guy should be in the NBA. Yeah. I don't care about the NBA. This is co- We're talking college basketball. Ethan Half is the best college basketball player. His game is just so unbelievable. He's so fun to watch. And when it comes to the tournament time, when you've got a guy like Ethan Half, who you know is going to be an All-American, who could be the college basketball player of the year, he's going to put this team on his shoulders. And I'm thinking Sweet 16 for this team. And I think he's got a supporting cast, too. You know, Davidson's finally stepping up a big way. Trice, is, you know, once he gets a little more consistent, which he has been lately, has been nice. And more consistency out of Reavers. Uh, this team, to me, I- I'm, I'm saying Sweet 16. That's the goal for me. Yeah, well, and I think when we started this year, it was just get back to the tournament. If you get back to the tournament, it'll be considered a success. You do have to adjust your expectations because now this last stretch of games has shown that they can win with some consistency and they can look like a bona fide tournament team. We're just a little bit over a month away from the tournament, so we'll see exactly what becomes of that. Until then, I'm just looking ahead at the schedule. We have a, a, a tough stretch of games for the Badgers. they got to go to Minnesota, to Michigan, and then host Michigan State. Uh, well, let's talk about these three teams, You know what you want to see from the Badgers closing out the season. Are there any players that that have yet to pop that you're still waiting on, or there's something you're wanting to see from Greg Gard that, that still it hasn't jumped out to you. What is there left for this Badgers team to improve and to get better at before we get to tournament time and selection Sunday? Free throws. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My man. The free throws for the Wisconsin Badgers. I think everyone can say that, though. 
Uh, no, for me, I want you know Davison's finally getting that consistency, which I like to see. Uh, for me, I think the biggest thing, and I think it's a lot of things on people's mind, is what's going to happen once uh, Ethan Happ is gone. So I want to see more from Nate Reavers. I want to see Reavers take that next step. You know, I want to go back to Frank Kaminsky. I had a very you know, interesting conversation with a friend, uh, you know, over the cross uh, over the weekend. And Frank Kaminsky, I remember his freshman and his sophomore year, everyone was like, who is this bum? You know, yep. who is this guy? Why did we waste a scholarship? And then his junior, senior, junior, you know, he just excelled. And he became, you know, eventually that national player of the year. I want to see Reavers. I'm not saying he's going to be the national player of the year, Frank, but I want to see him be that, take that next step and become that player we all can rely on. So give me more Reavers. Let Ethan Happ, you know, teach him, you know, the ropes. And then you got Minnesota coming up tomorrow night. A uh, little revenge game. And then Michigan, we'll see what happens there. And then they host Michigan State at the Kohl Center. What is that? Uh, on the 12th. So it, this, is a, this is a big stretch coming up here. So uh, I can't wait to see what happens. More from Reavers, more consistency from Davison. And let Ethan Happ just do his old man basketball. That's uh, helping the Badgers win. Old man basketball. I love that. If they go 1-3 in three in this next stretch, will you consider that a success or will you be disappointed? You know, um, that's tough, man. That's a really good question. Uh, I'm going to say I would still consider it a success. You're on the road against Michigan. I think your loss is going to come there uh, potentially, it's just because you know Michigan's going to be grumpy and they lost to what the Iowa, so they're going to be a little grumpy. I give me some Cole Center magic. Um, uh, let's see on the 12th against Michigan State. I think they're going to get a win there, and I, I'm going to say they're going to go two at two and one. If it's one and three, I'll be okay. But two and one, I'm gonna set my goals on for that. Hell yeah! And I've I've heard. Well, I saw on Friday, and we've had a couple people text the show saying, you know, I was at the game, or the atmosphere was incredible. So hopefully that keeps going because it looked like on Friday night the student section in that stadium was making an active effort to say we're gonna help our team out. And, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, Wisconsin sports fans love their teams. They love getting drunk and going to games, standing <laughs> up, you know, yelling at the right time. Not always the best, so we'll take it when we can get it. But Friday night looked like a little bit of a different animal. Hopefully that can continue. Friday night was the, the loudest I've heard the Cole Center in a while. It was rocking. So it was it was really cool to see, um, the, you know, all, everyone get behind uh, this Badger team because it, for a time there, you know, when they lost to Western Kentucky, then they went on this little stretch and just kept taking a lot of L's. It's like the Michigan. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, to Minnesota. And then they lost to Purdue. They lost to Maryland. Uh, people were people were questioning. People were wondering what was going on, and I think they've righted that ship now. And now everyone's back behind them. You saw it, you know, the Cole Center against Maryland. It's a rocking house, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna continue on. They got some swag right now. They got swagger. Well, get down to the Cole Center, take your shirt off, and and lead the cheers, lead the crowd <laughs> a little bit, Ebo. Hey man, if I were to take my shirt off, I'm so pale, I'll blind everyone. Well, I don't know if we want that. It was a whiteout on Friday night. It would have been it would have been perfect. <laughs> you would have fit right in. So, Ebo, thanks. I don't want to take too much of your time, but thanks for hopping on. I always like having a conversation. You always bring good stuff. So, hopefully, we'll talk soon. Hey, anytime, man. Anytime. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah have a good one, Ebo. We'll talk soon. That is Ebo. Host of the Joe and Ebo Show, co-host, I should say, uh, on our sister station, The Zone in Madison. I love the approach Ebo takes to sports and takes to sports radio. He will, <laughs> Joe said he will eat a Miller Lite bottle on air if Anthony Davis comes to the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not going to eat a Miller Lite bottle, but we got to do more stuff like that. That's a great idea. Like I said, not going to eat glass, but he's thinking along the right lines. So little Badgers basketball, little Bucks basketball. It's a great time to be a basketball fan in Wisconsin. And we barely talked about Marquette at all today. We're slowly but surely going to kind of work them into the fold as we approach the tournament. I just can't handle it all. We have so much great basketball, and I want to talk about Central. I want to talk about UWL as well. When we get to the tournament, we'll start talking about Marquette a little bit. But as of right now, I'm just going to enjoy. They are a wildly entertaining team as well. 
When we come back, we're going to wrap up the Wisco Sports Show here in a minute or two. As Dave says, uh, we got to pay some bills. So we're going to do that. Jermichael Finley spoke out. I don't want to say he he took a shot or, or he made a, a pointed passive-aggressive comment at Aaron Rodgers, but he commented about Aaron Rodgers and, and part of his personality and part of the way that Aaron Rodgers plays the quarterback position. Now, when I saw the headline, I thought one thing, and then I actually heard the comments, and it, the headline was a little bit misleading, as we see so often in today's times and on social media. So we're going to get into that. I want to share those comments with you. We, we're going to have Jermichael Finley, not on the show, but we're, I'm going to play you those comments, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. I'm actually going to defend Aaron Rodgers, which I didn't expect to be doing today. So that coming up and more as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up next year on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Ebo for joining us for a couple of minutes on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line. Drew Kelly is going to be joining us at 7.15. He's calling Central and Logan, so you can hear that game. However you're listening right now, that'll do the trick. Uh, Tip off in just about an hour and 15 minutes after we go off the air. So no need to wait. No need to tune out. Uh, That should be some good MVC action coming up. We've talked a lot of basketball today. Uh, We've talked Bucks. We've talked Badger basketball. We even, heck, we even mentioned Marquette and UWL as well. It's time to talk just a little bit of football, specifically some Green Bay Packers news. Are you ready for some football? Yes, yes, we should talk some Packers news, specifically about Aaron Rodgers. Um, the, the news over the NFL honors, of course, he won moment of the year. Uh, he he had, did a speech with Brett Favre again. That's always entertaining, at least for Packers fans. I always have a good time watching. Uh, he talked about how he's not going to have surgery on his knee. Like a lot of little bitty tidbits and headlines to take away. Nothing worth having a conversation over here on the jam-packed Wisco Sports Show. But one thing that was interesting, I saw this headline. Jermichael Finley was doing interviews, you know, on Radio Row. A lot of former players and players and coaches and what have you, you know, making the rounds on Radio Row, doing interviews. And the headline was, Jermichael Finley... Uh, comments about how Aaron Rodgers has trust issues with his wide receivers, right? How he doesn't trust the young wide receivers and how he doesn't play well with them. And I see this headline and I like a fist bump, you know, yes, somebody's saying it because I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the best quarterback in my lifetime that I've watched. Yes, better than Tom Brady. He wouldn't have played like that on Sunday. I can guarantee you that. But that's neither here nor there. Aaron Rodgers is my favorite quarterback that I have ever watched. I think he is incredibly talented, and he does things on a football field that I'm not quite sure I will ever see in my lifetime again. But one thing that I despise about Aaron Rodgers, and it's not personal, like I'm not, I'm not hating on the person Aaron Rodgers, you're just part of his game, is he's very reluctant to throw the ball. Now, that also uh, proves very useful for not throwing interceptions. Aaron Rodgers threw like no interceptions this year. His interception numbers are always tiny because he is very reluctant to throw the football when he is not confident that he has a good window to throw to and a receiver who's going to be in the right place at the right time. And that is fair. But at times, we have seen Aaron Rodgers, especially through stretches of struggling offense, try to force feed a guy like Devontae Adams or at the time, Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb because he trusts those guys and he would rather throw to a covered Randall Cobb and throw a pass that has no chance of being completed. Now, no chance of being intercepted either, but... Not a great chance of being completed rather than throwing to maybe Equinemius St. Brown, who's in a favorable matchup and maybe has a step on his on his cornerback or on his his man in coverage. This drives me nuts. I was talking to a, a co-worker at the station here who's a Vikings fan about how I watched Kirk Cousins this year throw to Chad Beebe the first game that he was on the active roster. Chad Beebe on third down. You know why he threw them the ball? Because he was open. Because he was open and they need to convert. That's something that drives me crazy about Aaron Rodgers. So here I am, clapping my hands up, going, here we go. 
Jermichael Finley's going to make my point for me, and we can talk about it this week, and I'm excited. It's not really what he had to say. And because Jermichael Finley did such a bad job, I think, explaining what he meant, I'm actually going to have to defend Aaron Rodgers here, damn it. So here's what Jermichael had to say. He's one of those guys. I call him it's the Cali boys, that Cali mentality. First of all, I, I just want to point something out before we get any farther. Jermichael Finley is wearing a Dodgers hat in this video, so maybe not the best way to start uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers and ripping him for having a Cali mentality. Remember, I was against Aaron Rodgers and with Jermichael Finley when this interview started. I'm not just here to hate on Jermichael Finley, but don't whine about somebody having a California attitude while wearing a Dodgers hat. Strike one. Um, but he, he's a guy where you got to warm up. Um, he's got to gain trust in you. He's got a trust issue. And for, for what reason, I don't know. But um, he's a guy that has to see you um, work. Um, he has to see you work on the field and gain, like, throw a ball to you and hope you, you run the right route. So he, he goes off football. He, he don't go off personality when he first meets you. You got to gain his trust through through the game, and, and it's it's crazy to say, um, but I played with the guy six seven years, and uh, I had to gain my trust by um, running the right routes and knowing the plays. It's crazy. Okay, I wanted to rip on Aaron Rodgers' game and the fact that he has a trust issue and he will not throw to an open wide receiver if it is not a wide receiver that he feels incredibly connected with. Now, part of me at the same time, don't get me wrong, part of me thinks that that was part of the offense and what had become under Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers because it was so reliant on these timing routes and being on the same page and and making things up as you go with your wide receivers. Now, naturally, if you throw a new receiver into the fold, it's not going to go well. And part of that is because of the way that the offense is run. So hopefully some of that is phased out. I love the part of Aaron Rodgers' games where he improvises, but when he doesn't have veteran wide receivers who he's been with a long time, it doesn't go well. So I want a little bit of that in his game. That's a secondary or tertiary skill set. That shouldn't be priority number one. But listen to a couple things that Jermichael Finley said. This is a professional football player. He says, as crazy as it sounds, I, he doesn't go off personality. He goes off football. Throw a ball to you and hope you, you run the right route. So he, he goes off football. He, he don't go off personality when he first meets you. Okay. I wanted to hate on Aaron Rodgers when I first listened to this. And he said that. I'm like, I freaking hope so. Damn right he should go off football. He shouldn't go off personality. It's not The Bachelor. right? It's not a reality TV show. I hope he goes off of football. And then he concludes this interview by saying, as crazy as it sounds, you know, he 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 learns to play with you. And, and he needs to see you work and run the right routes and know the plays. God, I hope so. I, I had to gain my trust by um, running the right routes and knowing the plays. It's crazy. Imagine that. Imagine imagine a quarterback only wanting to throw you the ball if in his head he was sure that you knew what play you were running and where you were supposed to be. Jermichael, I get what you're trying to say. Aaron Rodgers does have a reluctance to throw the football to open receivers, even if they are open, like I said, whom he doesn't trust. And I hate that about him. But this was possibly the worst constructed argument I have ever heard against Aaron Rodgers, quote, trust issue. He will only throw you the ball and he will only play with you if you know the playbook. Well, I hope so. He will only play with you and throw you the ball if you're running the right route. Well, I hope so. Am I the only one who heard this and thought it was as asinine as, as it is? He doesn't go off personality. He goes off football. I hope so. It's the NFL. It was I the only one who heard this and just was left scratching my head. Because the click, you know, the clickbait type headline was, you know, Jermichael Finley takes shot at Aaron Rodgers, and then you listen to it, and you're like, oh, so really, what he meant was, you need to know the playbook and run the right routes, otherwise, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like you. God, I hope so. 
You want your quarterback to have high standards and high expectations of the players around you. And as cliche as it is to say, well, Aaron Rodgers is the smartest player on the field. You know, he's a cerebral quarterback, blah, 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 blah. Part of that is true. And if you are that type of player, which I hope all quarterbacks who play at a high level are smart and and are one of the smarter players on the field because they communicate and they, they handle audibles at the line and then they have to read coverages and organize blitz protections. They have to do all that. So I hope that a player of the level of Aaron Rodgers at the position of quarterback should expect a certain level of competence. I'm not saying excellence. I'm saying competence because that's what Jermichael Finley was saying, knowing the playbook, knowing the routes. That's not being excellent. That's being competent. And I, and I, I listened to this. I was like, damn it. Because all I wanted to do is have a player say something like, well, you know, I was open a lot early on in my career, but Aaron Rodgers didn't throw me the ball because he had yet to find that trust. And then I could say, well, yeah, exactly. Because I always go back to that example of last uh, last season, the Vikings were playing the Lions. And Chad Beebe had just been brought up uh, off the practice squad. And Kirk Cousins was throwing him the ball because he was open. Not because he trusted him, but because Chad Beebe was open. Probably a byproduct of running the correct route and knowing which play was being ran. That's competence. That's not excellence or veteran leadership. That's just having a brain and being in the right place at the right time, which I hope most players in the NFL can do. Otherwise, you're probably not going to be there for very long. Jermichael, you let me down on this one. If you're going to attack Aaron Rodgers' trust issues, quote-unquote, you got to do a better job because you kind of came across like a bozo. Okay, there I said it. I said it. He kind of sounded like a bozo. That's going to do it for the Wisco Sports Show. Thanks for tuning in. We covered a little bit of everything. I appreciate those who chimed in on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Central Logan tonight, 715 tip right here on WKTY for some MVC basketball. Otherwise, same time, same place tomorrow. I'll talk to you then.